0: It's the PaddleWoo Podcast. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the PaddleWoo Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonsen, and today's guest is Tyler Calloway from FCS. If that name sounds familiar, Tyler was on the show a few months ago, but today he comes back for a very specific technical discussion of fins, Being the head of business development and ex-president of FCS, he knows more about fins than probably anyone on the planet. He has worked with the likes of Mick Fanning and Kelly Slater to research and develop new fins. And he is also an avid paddle surfer, which means that he knows a whole lot about fins for paddle surfing. And that's what we discuss today, specifically fins and their application in paddle surfing. So I believe that you will love the discussion. It was actually done as a video interview, so you might want to head over to paddlewoo.com, P-A-D-D-L-E-W-O-O.com, and check out the video, uh, because then you will get the visual aid of him explaining and showing you on fins, parts of the fins, the different aspects of drive, uh, lift, foil. And all of that. So the visual aids here will be beneficial, but if you're driving around, continue to listen because you will still get a lot of it. It might be worth going back then and maybe listening. All right. Before we jump in, Blue Zone Sup is announcing four beginner weeks coming up this winter. So if you're interested in that, shoot us an email. You can check out the website at BlueZoneSup.com or you can email me directly at Eric, E-R-I-K, at paddlewoo These weeks will be focused on getting recreational and race paddlers into the ocean catching waves for the first time. We'll focus on that catching waves and also on ocean safety. And the other thing of note is the progression journal, the journal that I am doing on a pretty much daily basis as, a, as I started off as a way just to stay focused on practice for paddle surfing and has kind of morphed into something bigger than that. We're doing a lot of lessons, tutorials. Uh, The last week we have discussed in-depth balance. I've, I've learned a lot about where balance and stability comes from, and the main idea is that there is no such thing as balance. It is more a controlled fall, and by learning the difference and then by controlling how you approach balance, you become much more stable in the water, and... I've always had a little bit of an issue paddling heel side, and now these new, uh, the new application of these ideas, has already in about four days of practice now started to change the way that I approach heel side surfing. So you will enjoy that if you like paddle surfing, if you want to become better. That's what the progression journal is all about. It's it's my goal to become better, and you guys can join me on the journey and read along. And I love feedback. So please shoot me any insight that you have because I only know what I see in my personal experience, but there's a lot of people people that listen to this show that are much more talented paddlers than I am. So please chime in. I like it. So, all right, guys, let's jump into the episode. Now, our guest today, Tyler Calloway from FCS, get ready to learn a lot about fins. (laughs) Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Powder Woo podcast. I am your host, Eric Antinson, and today is something very special. Today is our first video podcast, and I'm joined by the president, a past guest, the president of FCS, Tyler Calloway. Tyler, thank you very much for being I'm on the show. I'm actually
1: business development these oh, days. I used to be the president, but I. Now I'm comfortable in my business development role, so I'll just stop you right there. So, <laughs> well, <go ahead. laughs>
0: if someone were to Google right now, president of FCS, uh, it would probably link to you because I've been, I've been calling you that online, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for the record. <laughs> so a, about a month ago, I reached out to Tyler and let him know that I was having an issue with a board. And we got into a fin conversation, and Tyler said, well, why don't I just send you some fins? You go out and you surf them, write down how it feels, journal how it feels, and then we'll talk about it on the show when I get to ask my questions. And so today is that if you have been following the progression journal, there have been five or six entries where I'm documenting what it feels like to ride the different sets of fins I've been testing, which is the Jerry Lopez FCS2 with the FCS2 center fin that I've been raving about. I love that. And the... Uh, Performer XL Fronts with Small Rear Quad Setup. Um, And if you uh, want the details on that go, we're not gonna recap everything here, but go and check out the Progression Journal. Um, So Tyler, I think to get us started, why don't you give us a basic overview and understanding of fins, how they work, what they do for our boards, and then we can dive into some of the specific questions uh, that we've got.
1: Okay, thanks Eric. I guess the best way to to try to explain this is to kind of give you a quick recap of my journey to understanding it, right? So I when I 20 years ago when I started FCS in the states, I didn't know much about fins and all of a sudden I had a board with a fin system in it and I had four sets of fins and Everything up till then had been glassed on in my boards, and I thought that was the way to go. But now I had the option to change. I rode that board for probably three months with the first set of fins I'd put in it. Never changed them. One day, just like, well, I should probably change them. Did it, and first turn, it was like a different board, and I was like, whoa, mind-blowing. Like, mind-blowing. Drove home, got the other three sets, spent the rest of the day like playing with it, And my mind was open, and I found something that worked way better. That set me on a journey trying to figure out why. You know, what am I feeling from the hull of the board? When you can change the fins, you can't change the hull of the board without a grinder and a whole lot of resin, right? Like, so that's going to be a mess. But by changing the fins, it's kind of like changing tires on a race car or wings on a fighter jet. I mean, there's all those sort of comparisons you could use to surfing. So... By doing that, you get a chance to separate what the hull feels like of the board and what the fins are actually doing. When you think about how much of your board, just say my hand is your board, is in the water when you're doing a turn, it's like back, this is the tail, right? It's like the back third of the board is all in the water. Look at any of your photos of you surfing there, you know. So when you think about the surface area of the bottom of the back third of your board, which you're really turning on, and then you think of three or four fins sticking off of that at a right angle, it's no wonder that a little tiny change in the template, even, much less the flex pattern uh, or the foil of that fin, will be noticeable, like, you know, significantly noticeable. So... I started playing with all those variables a lot because I was was into it. And it was really helping me surf better, which was the the real benefit. Like, I was able to tune in boards that I thought were dogs to be magic boards just by changing the fins. And I, I wanted to understand why. And this journey took place in surfing for me first. Once I understood it, I started making my own stand-up boards with a, with a friend of mine and getting into more and more custom equipment, the fin journey got real specific for me on the, on the stand-up side of things and we started doing some, some pretty different fins to, to do specific things on a stand-up board and I learned a lot about that. So where I'm gonna start is just a basic building block on what the hell's going on down there that makes me accelerate when I do a, when I do a turn and how, what makes that work, right? So, okay, so we have, you know, one, one basic fin, thin run-of-the-mill thing. And the first thing that you notice about a side fin, this is a side fin, right, is that if you look at it like this, and it's kind of, a tell with the tabs on it, but the top side here is curved, and the inside of a side fin is always flat or slightly concave. Therefore, the distance between the front and the back of that side fin on that straight line is shorter than it is on this side where it's curved And the water. In this case, has to go all the way around that curve. Well, water or air for that matter, you're not going to move the atmosphere or the ocean. It's got to come back together. If you're going to split it up here, it's got to come back together in the same place here. So that means The part on the outside that has that longer distance, it has to move faster for it to come back together. And that acceleration causes what's called a low pressure, which creates lift. So lift, in the case of an airplane, like if I showed you this, like that's, sorry, having trouble holding it, but that's basically an airplane, right? Trying to show this on the... There's, there's two wings, there's your airplane, it's gonna go down the runway and lift, maybe if I go back here, lift off and fly around, right? So now I'm playing with little toy airplanes to illustrate this, but, but you get it, right? Flat side underneath, if you're looking out the window of the plane up here, you see the curved side that you look out the window and see, you know that underneath that, that's flat. That acceleration of that air over the top of the, the curved surface of the wing creates a low pressure, which in this case is lift. Okay, but these aren't airplane wings, right? They're surfboard fins, and or stand-up board fins, and they're on your board, well, in this case, they're on your board like this. Let's say my face is your board, and um, they're sticking down in the water, and they're towed in slightly, and they're, whoa, and they're canted out slightly, but they're almost straight. Let's just call it kind of close to straight, right? So when your board's going straight, The water's moving straight through where my fingers are going in between these two fins. I hope you guys can see this, but it looks good. So you got these two flat sided inside fins and the curves on the outside. So if it was like this, the lift's like that, right? You know, there's the airplane wing. But now where's the lift going? All of a sudden, my board, like say my face wants to go this way, so the fins are going to go this way. You tip the board on rail and Now this fin is creating lift forward and pushing you forward. And this fin is creating lift in this direction, which is kind of down into the water, right? So what's happening is the water is kind of like my hand. It's that lift going into the water is kind of stalling that fin. And this outside fin is the motor, the lift, that's driving you forward. So you could just think when you get on your board... Thruster or quad and lay into a bottom turn and then lay into a top turn. How much does it accelerate, right? So that's the outside fin going one way, creating the lift, and the inside fin creating the stall. And then off the top, the opposite. The you know that that outside fin is creating the lift, and the inside fin is kind of stalling. So when you, you say stalling, stalling there, just to define this a little bit more clearly, it's the water. It's pulling into the water, like. So this one's pushing it and this one's kind of holding it back. I got you on it.
0: No, I can kind of know? I see how that would pull you into the water as the top accelerates down. So it pulls the rail in and your outer yeah. fin will
1: accelerate you through that turn. Exactly. That's
0: if your outer fins in the water.
1: And yeah, and we all feel, you know, acceleration from the bottom of the board and the inside rail that you're biting, you know, just like you bite the edge of a snowboard into the into the surface of the snow, the, you're, you're accelerating the rail, which is kind of like another wing sort of in itself. So you do feel some acceleration off that inside rail, but the fin is actually creating the stall. So that's important to know because when you start talking about the template of a fin and the size of a fin by creating more surface area here in the template, Whether it's in the base or in the tip, you'll have different characteristics of where the stall point is on the inside and how much lift is being generated on the outside. And that inside outside changes with every, every, you know, back and forth turn you do. But what type of fin would create more lift? Yep, exactly. A bigger fin creates more lift, and on the inside, it creates more stall. Okay, so. You know, and your back fin, so here's your thruster, right? Your back fin is the same on both sides, right? It's basically like the tail of the airplane. It's mm-hmm. just a rudder, you know? It's like a single fin, you know, the same on both sides, and it's just it's basically acting like a rudder in that in that case. You're getting some acceleration out of it in the turn, but primarily it's a rudder. Um, so that's why I told you try some bigger fins in the front in small waves I mean let me back up for one second okay. like intuitively everybody pretty much thinks well if I want my board to be looser I'm gonna put little fins in it and it's gonna be real squarely and I'll slide all over the place and do some some you know um, kid moves and, and and that'll be great but if I start going fast on a big wave and I really need to turn I might slide out right well Here's the thing, the bigger fins in the front actually create more stall on the inside and more lift. So they'll make the board turn quicker rail to rail in a small wave. And um, if you want the tail to stay loose, you just go with a smaller back fin or stay with a small back fin. But by increasing, that's why I suggested the bigger front fins for you because it's it's it should be actually easier to turn. And now you can you can tell me what you what you found. The board will engage in the turn and squirt more and be more positive, kind of engaging the rail and coming yep. right off the bottom. Yep, yep. so I had Is tried, that, was the, that the case? yeah, that was the case. Yes. And I was very surprised
0: with how it worked as a quad because I have not liked this board as a quad at all. And now. I went back today before our conversation because I wanted to ride it as a thruster to get thruster again so I didn't have recency bias in our discussion. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it more as a thruster, but it's much closer to me liking it uh, as a quad. I was surprised by the fact that the larger front and then the smaller back. I had tried it before as a quad with large performers up front and medium back. What you sent mm-hmm. me was extra large up front and small in the back. And it felt way better. And I was surprised that I was holding, we got one big day um, that was in the journal, but I was holding bottom turns that I didn't think that I was gonna be able to hold on the board. Now I have not ridden the board, and this is a 7'4 starboard, um, 2016. It's a 7'4, 83 liter, 25.5, if you guys haven't been following the journal.
1: But I- I Yeah, I was with Sean Pointer yesterday. He Riding that exact same board, he's. What was he? What was his fin setup? Um, he's been trying a whole bunch of stuff. I gave him some Lopez's yesterday. Okay. Uh, and I gave him Performer larges. Um, he thought the extra large was a little too big. He wanted to try the larges. Okay. And that was, you know, his thing. But he's riding mostly a thruster. Yep. And you know, not much quad. Uh, action and that that board's pretty floaty for compared to what his normal you know board is i mean i i can't stand on what he right rides you know i can't balance on it yet but um it's so i'm trying to kind of transfer and the thing that i that i think about fins on a stand up board and i've had this conversation with a lot of a lot of the pro athlete's is you do need to kind of match the volume of the board. So if you look at a surfboard and, you know, I've been doing that most of my life, and look at the relationship of the fins to the volume of the board itself, how thick it is, how long it is, how wide it is, all of that. There's a there's a relationship there that kind of looks normal to me, okay? And if you use same surfboard fins on your stand up board, those fins just look out of place. The volume on my stand-up boards is triple what my short board is approximately. Okay. So I size up to an extra large because I want that I want those bigger wings not only lifting me and propelling me but I want a bigger wing stalling me so I can get that more mass, that more volume of rail of board no. into no. the rail, into the face, and make it go where I want it to go, like, hey, we're not bottom turning five feet down the line, we're bottom turning here, dude, like, let's go. No. And let, let, me, let me ask you a real quick question, because you touched on something that I, that I
0: discussed about a week ago, and that was the quad to me, quads have always felt faster to me, but that quad setup, while it held very well in the bigger, in the bigger waves, felt slower than the thruster setup to me, which I was surprised about. Is that, is that mm. something that was just me, or is that the board, or is that normal in that fin setup?
1: Slower where, in what part of your... In um, not
0: very steep surf, so it was a mm. mushier day, just driving right. down the line felt sluggish. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to like really get the board going. Mm. Okay. Is that, is that um, normal, or is that just me? No, usually
1: they feel faster, especially right. in... Even with the, um, bigger,
0: the bigger fins?
1: Yeah, I mean, and how tall are you? Like, I'm wh- what one, do you weigh? Six eight. Six one six one, one eight. You're you're right. You're me. You're the okay. same height. Okay. Rate. So, um, so when you say it felt sluggish, like maybe it's your approach. That that's the first thing that comes to mind because with a thruster, with that fin in the back, one single fin in the back, right? You pivot off that. Back fin. Okay. And okay. when all of a sudden now you have two back there, you don't. You're pivoting off of both of them, right? Mm-hmm. It, draw, it, like it draws. But you're also creating lift. Outward. You have two two side fins, so you're creating more lift, and you have an extra fin on the inside rail. Here's the thing: to get with this big rudder in the back of a thruster like this, you have to pivot the board. Over 90 degrees, like a, a full 90 degree arc, to get that thruster to squirt and propel you forward to really get the. So it almost means a lot of times, like you're fading a little bit and drawing an extra 10, 15 degrees into that bottom turn arc to get all the squirt you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with a thruster, you tend to look for a steeper wave. You tend to drop straight and go all the way a little further out on the bottom, and lay it over, and Hold that rail as long as you can and go straight back up the face. And that's where you get the most squirt. And then when you get to the top, you're doing a big hack and you're sliding the tail out. The, the, the thruster fin's going to, the rear fin's going to allow you to pivot. And when you pivot too hard, it starts to flutter. And then you know right where the release point is, yeah. I can tell by the pictures, you're just going to push that tail out and slide it. So you're fading. Gouging like a you know, well, deep big bottom turn arc coming around, going straight up, and then sliding the tail to fit in the top part of the wave and bleed off some of that speed to go straight back down right. and do it again yep. on a wave like that. Where the quads really have their the their merit is on a wave where there's a lot of room to run. So, you know, here's your two Let's say these are two in you know inside fins, you got both of these on a rail. But you don't need with this setup, you don't need to turn that 90 degree arc to get the squirt out of a quad. The way to get the quad going is to swoop just just a just any kind of like arc of a bottom turn. Don't fade, don't go deep. You want to kind of just like swoop off the bottom get up high and turn down and as you turn off the top and start to turn down and down the line that thing's just going to accelerate like crazy and then you have all that speed you've created it and as long as the wave has room to run if you draw your arcs out a little bit longer because you don't have that center fin to pivot on you have two quad fins back there you don't have one single one to release the trick with the quads is to Like I said, swoop off the bottom, get up high, and do a big carving bottom turn. As soon as you start to drive back down, all you want to do is connected arcs, a little bit longer, more open than what you normally do, and you don't lose speed. The thing's accelerating from arc to arc. So as long as that waves down the line, it doesn't need to be that steep, which is the beauty of the quad. You can come out of every turn faster than you went into it, but you're not gonna be sliding that tail. So you show me a wave that's not that steep and down the line with lots of face, I'm gonna ride a quad. You show me an A-frame peak where you gotta like come straight off the bottom, do a snap, tuck underneath it, drive out of the barrel, do another snap because there's only five feet of shoulder, you know, right there. Then I'm gonna ride a thruster because it's gonna fit in that tight little pocket. So, and that's, so what you just said right what, there makes me want to try that quad set
0: I, I, on a different board because that starboard is my favorite board in steep, punchy conditions, but it's mm-hmm. not very good in mushier conditions. With the tail rocker, the mm-hmm. way that the board's set up, it's, it seems yep. slow to me in those conditions. So
1: I That wish board doesn't have a, a lot of tail rocker. It's, 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 I think it's got two inches of tail rocker, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Which is not not a lot, you know. It's so it's going to be really fast, but you're going to have to crank on that thing to get it to come around, you know. Which is what it's made for. It's made for somebody like you that's just like, you know, foot right back on the kick of the pad and just yep. carving. You it, know? it hits the lip great, and it doesn't like it. Struggles and
0: cutbacks. It feels real. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a lot of rail. The rails are thicker on that board, and mm-hmm. so it's yeah. tough. I've got a like a 7.9 infinity that mm-hmm. is, it's a big board, but the way that that board's set up, you just put it on rail and she comes right around. It's the exact opposite, and I've blogged a little bit about this recently, it's the exact opposite of that starboard. That starboard, it gets punchy, you're coming right off the bottom, you're hitting the lip, it's beautiful, it feels like you're riding a shortboard. But then right. you get in a bigger, bullier conditions and it kind of doesn't know what to do. It kind of gets, gets slow when you go into those turns, and so that's something that I gotta find another um another good board to try as a
1: quad there with that setup. Mhm. Cuz it sounds Yeah, great. maybe some a little little wider tail. Um you know the the my formula for the quads is if the tails really narrow like a like a shortboard surfboard, I'll use a small uh performer fin. Okay. If it's sort of normally wide, I'll use a medium. You know and and that's and I probably would never use a large unless the tail was super wide and, and the waves were really big and powerful and I was just like gonna try to hang on and ride. I think you what know, you
0: just touched on right here would be a very valuable conversation for anyone listening and that is, can you walk us through ideal board fin setups? So when you're looking to put in what quad setup, when you're looking to put in which uh, thruster setup, that's, I I asked, I I pinged our audience and asked them what they would like to hear. And I got a few different questions in regards to, with a wider tail, what should I ride? Or people want to know what they should be putting in their boards. Mm -hmm. Because fins are expensive, you know, and and people need to buy a couple sets of fins, but you don't want to buy the wrong set.
1: Yep. And, you know, now with FCS2 being, you know, toolless, right? you can... Trade with your friends. You know, I encourage people to do that. Like sw- going on the beach, or if you're really daring, don't drop them. But I just flip them over in the lineup and swap without even going in. Sometimes with with my friends, you got to be careful because they will sink, so don't drop them. But but um, trying a different set of fins and going right back out, boom, the light bulb goes on. You instantly first turn, you feel the difference, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, why is this like? This feels better, or it doesn't, but it puts you on a path. If you try three or four different sets of fins in one session, ride five waves, change them, ride five waves, change them, ride five waves, change them, I guarantee you there's going to be one set that you like better than all the others, and that will put you on the path. Like, okay, that works really good. If you do that on a different day when the conditions are different, it might not be that same set, or it might you you know, it, there's no there's no rhyme or well, there is a rhyme or reason, but there's no telling until you do it, I guess is what I would say. The the question that you asked in terms of so when would I when should I write a quad? When should I ride a thruster? Um I kinda tried to answer that before. I guess yep. to, to really sum it up, I write a, a quad for me, anytime it's down the line, room to move and draw out your turns and not that steep. What about more uh, uh, talking about,
0: uh, that that came across very clear. What I'm not clear is when you look at a board, how do you decide if a board is gonna go better as a quad or a thruster? Or are you saying with that last statement then that either a quad or a thruster can be the
1: right setup but it depends on the waves more than the board? If The board's got a really wide tail Chances are it's probably going to go better as a quad because if the tail's real wide unless you have a pretty big center fin you're not going to get the the um, drive and the the directional stability out of a small center fin on a really wide tail unless you're trying to like slide it around and and have you know have fun you know you need to go to a six or a seven inch center fin maybe if you you have a really wide tail, you know, which is a whole different kind of design, but it works. I mean, there's, there's no rules, man. It's like some of the best stuff comes out of people just having the time and the creativity to experiment and go, whoa, I love this. You know, why is this, why is this working? But, um, general rule of thumb, if the tail's wide, it's probably going to go better as a quad. The wider the tail you know you might size up your quad rear from a small to a medium you know up to about four inches or something kinda of to feel like more in control you see like if you watch the surf contest the the WSL you'll see a lot of those guys go to quads at Chopu when it's barreling you know and there's a couple reasons for that you got two fins all of a sudden on, on your inside rail like I surf I surf Big Rock a lot in San Diego, and I broke my outside fin on a thruster on a wave. Didn't know it. Someone ran me over, and um, I didn't know I'd broken it. I actually got two barrels, and on the third one, my board flipped over, and I realized that the outside fin had been missing for three waves. I'd broken it completely off. I never even used it. I was just on the inside the whole time because the wave was that steep. The outside fin was, was out of the water. So, you know, um, having these two fins on your inside and rail as a quad for somebody like Mick Fanning or Kelly Slater allows them to come over the foam ball easier, allows them to dig in and pump when the wave's super steep and they're just trying to get speed out of the barrel they're really using their rail and their inside part of their board as a wing at that point against all the the hydraulic of the wave that's coming up you know Gotcha. so that's something that's going on but the rule of thumb is you know if if there's somewhere to go and you have room to draw your turns and it's not that steep surfing a quad like i was explaining before you know works a lot better for for most people i think okay. you know thrusters tend to get a little sticky at the top of a wave that's not that steep especially on your backhand um, so that's where the quads you can just skate it right off the top like we used to do with twin fins back in the day mm-hmm. but you have the rear fins and you can lay into it a whole lot harder and get a lot more squirt out of it because you're actually getting acceleration out of the rear fins as well as the the front fins can we talk about the Jerry Lopez fins for a little bit? Sure.
0: The design on those fins compared to the Performer is seems to be taller and narrower. What's the mm-hmm. rationale behind the tall and narrow design? What, what's the what's the
1: goal in that fin? Well, I mean, I wish Jerry was, was on the line to answer that question. I'm going to have to speak for him, which I, I'm not really that comfortable doing. But in general the more, the taller template being offset by the blade of the fin, the cord length as they say, the distance from the very leading edge to the trailing edge at, at any point, right, that, we'll just call it the blade of the fin for layman's terms, right, that is shorter and more upright and so what you're doing is you're getting more of that blade down into the water but you have less surface area across it for the water to travel which is drag right so you're you're redistributing your li- you, the lifting surface of the fin and the the characteristics of that are just a little bit different they tend to go with the reason that I picked those for you yeah. was yeah I felt like the extra large is in you know I don't have a Lopez fin here to I put it up next to it. If I did that, you'd see that it's closer to this bl- this blue shape here and this whole thing there. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but just for for a point and it it would be almost as tall but not quite as tall as this extra large thing. Okay. And okay. what I wanted you to have was the contrast. I thought and I wasn't sure at the time how big you were. I don't think so. I wanted you to have the the contrast of that smaller blade, that smaller cord length, and still get bite and control, and maybe have it feel a little bit freer, while you're still getting the hold and the acceleration um, that you're looking for. The other thing is, if you looked at those two templates, Jerry's fin is more upright, like this. So with I think this is how you'd measure the rake, so my finger coming straight down to a point and then going my thumb going straight back to here, it's the distance that this extends back behind the, the back trailing edge of the fin. So that's the rake. The more rake, sometimes people call it sweep because the fin swept back, the more rake that you have, the more resistance there is through the second half of the turn and you know for those racers out there in the in this crowd it's the same on a center fin on a race board you know the the more more rake on a fin the harder that sucker's gonna be to buoy turn you know you're really gonna have to get back there and crank crank versus like a downwind fin if there's no weed in the water the things like straight up and down like the guys in hawaii where there's no weed use use those because they can pivot not pivot but edge that rail of a downwind board over to the next bump easier than straight up and down. So I'm wandering around. I'm you know the rake on a on this fin is more than what the Lopez fin has. Yep. It's going to draw the turns out a little bit more. The surface area especially up in the tip is greater than what the Lopez fin has. It's going to draw out your top turn especially. So the Lopez thin compared to this would feel a little more surgical in that you're going to get some maybe a little tighter arcs and be able to force the board into um places a little easier on the wave. This is gonna require you to commit more of your body weight to your paddle, to your rail to get the thing to do the same arc that that the that the lopez fin would do but when you do that you're going to get more squirt and more stall out of it because it's a bigger set of wings does gotcha. that make sense yeah that does make sense and, and the the lopez
0: front fins are the ones that i've had the least amount of time to test um, mm-hmm. i just got one session in in pretty bad surf so i didn't even blog about it because i didn't want to say anything until right. i really knew but my question was going to be you're Right. No, I'm very interested. I'm I, I'm very int- when I looked at them and I compared right, and open, them to the time. to the XL performers. I didn't think that they would be able to hold on the bottom. Mm-hmm. How what I'm looking f- kind of my my issue with the board before riding it with performer large up front and then an adapted with the FCS adapter. I put it an AM two in the back, but then at that starboard mm-hmm. fin box it drops down an extra bit. So it was a pretty small back fin for the large fronts. And I was losing a lot of momentum on the bottom, kind of kind of losing my tail on harder bottom turns, which this setup, I'm not, I don't feel that. Those, the large, the extra large fronts and the, the Jerry Lopez trailer and the quad uh, set, both of those were holding on the bottom a lot better. My question is, mm-hmm. and what I'm interested is, hopefully we'll get a good day here pretty soon and I'll try those Jerry Lopez fins out, is how is that mm-hmm. gonna feel on the bottom too because it sounds yeah. wonderful if it holds
1: on the bottom and then turns tighter off the top that would, it will that come t- tighter off the top i'll guarantee that 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 it will do that do it you know trade like go ride five waves come in and switch them yeah and, and see what you feel and, and guaranteed you'll be like whoa okay now i feel, now i know what you were yeah you know
0: that's my favorite thing about the jerry lopez fcs2 center fin is the ability to be able to move it in between waves which is yeah. giving me a better understanding of where I like my fin placement. That's, um, yeah. that's a game changer. I mean, that's of, of this whole experience, that's my favorite part so far is ha- that fin. I, Justin talked about it on the show. Justin Holland talked about it on the show about six or eight months ago, and I was very excited about it when he mentioned it, but to be able to try it and yeah. move it around. Yeah, he likes
1: Harley, which is not that different from the Lopez Center. You the, the know? Which one and, does he like? Harley Ingleby. I don't he's wanna. a pro longboarder on the Gold Coast. Okay. He's multiple world champ longboarding. Really, really good surfer. How many fins um, are
0: you making with that
1: center box FCS2? I think there's two sizes of Harley. Okay. There's Kai Salas now, which is a six and a half and a seven. Okay. Um, bigger, yeah. There's... Um, there's Eights and nines in glass flex, and then in fiberglass. There's a bunch. If you go on the the look under FCS2 Connect on this uh, FCS uh, Surf FCS website, okay. There's a bunch of stuff there, all the way up to like ten inches. Okay. You know, depending what what you want, both fiberglass and molded nylon and fiberglass. Um, if you if you don't want to spend a, a whole lot of dough, there's there's a bunch of options there. The smaller stuff's all kind of fiberglass and, and RTM premium, kind of lightweight construction. Nice. But,
0: and you don't have a Performer in that yet? or
1: No, I don't have a Performer with that case on it. But gotcha. But the, gotcha. uh, the, well, the Harley is probably a little closer to a Performer. Um, it's about the same. And, and probably the smaller one's pretty close to a large. Gotcha. Harley Engelby. Gotcha. so um, so yeah, there's stuff to play with there. Can we, Can we
0: talk about uh, so you've got the foil on the outside of the fin, but what's it called when you've got the inner foil that bends in?
1: And, uh, and how does that? Head. Yeah, the, that that's called an inside foil. Okay. So that that's like you know here's your inside of the fin, this is you know traditionally flat. Um, this this. Part of the surface. Everybody played. We played, and and our competitors played with, you know, doing varying degrees of concave through this. This fin actually has a little bit of concave. I don't know if we'll be able to see it. It's pretty slight. I don't think I'm gonna be able to show it to you with. Nah, it's not gonna show up on this Skype camera. But um, what we found, interestingly enough, was if you extend that some concave down here actually Um, it accelerates the the water flow and it gives you a little bit more hold sometimes Okay. but a lot of what you feel is this inside of the leading edge and how sharp that is and we did a lot of work back in the day with um, Kelly and the Hobgoods and stuff, this was 10 years ago and what I found was they didn't really like a lot of the, the inside foil stuff. They liked a flat foil. And and I I kind of liked it. I, and so we we had a lot of discussions about why, you know, and what what is it? What are you feeling? And what I realized was, you know, they were riding a lot smaller boards proportionally than I was or or somewhat smaller. And they're going faster and they're doing turns right in and at sections that I would typically go around that you know most people would typically kind of like they're not gonna put it right there you know that's why we watch those guys with a a bit of awe. like oh my god look at that look at that hack and what was happening was what we figured out was this leading edge of the of the fin being sharper actually helped them get their rail in because it was easier to stall the flow of, of water And as soon as you could do that and get that fin in, it just helped them dig the whole rail in. And they were riding little tiny boards with a lot of concave, really light, going 100 miles an hour, and trying to jam a turn at the apex of of the wave. And that sharper leading edge was helping them get the rail in to do that. So it was interesting. You know, it's been a journey. We've learned lots of bits and pieces. And, you know, while we have a pretty good understanding now, I, I think You know, maybe in 10 or 20 years, we'll look back and and go, God, you know, we thought we knew a lot back then, and we had only really scratched the surface. I mean, that might be, you know, what's happening. I look at what, you know, Starboard and, um, you know, Kai and, and those guys with the foil and what they're doing with that, and it's kind of the next frontier, like, you know, where's that gonna be in ten years? That's that's pretty exciting. So
0: do you think it's something that's think, gonna stick or do you think it's
1: more gimmicky?
0: The foil boarding.
1: And I think it's gonna stick. I mean, I haven't done it yet, and I realize that, you know, it's the learning curves probably, you know, gonna be pretty tough. But all you gotta do is watch those guys on video connecting a little bit you know bump of a wave or a downwinder and going off like friction free that excites the hell out of me man like you know i'm (laughs) like i'm gonna chase that yeah as as i can you
0: know i think it looks amazing i do think it looks i think it's gonna be much more difficult than people think that that's my takeaway from watching those videos. If you watch, I mean, I've I've gotten to surf with a lot of a lot of those guys that have been doing it, and if you watch them trying to keep it up, and they're doing a good job with it, but it, it's definitely not. A, you're not going to go out there do a couple downwinders and then hop on a foil board and be able to do it. I think you're going to have
1: to spend some time. I would agree, but you know, I'll put the time in if I have to get. Get somebody to tow me on a jet ski to to like figure out how to how to balance on the thing and and make it go the first time or whatever, then yeah, so be it. I just i I figure if they can learn to do it in a couple weeks, I can learn to do it in a couple months you know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll, we'll see
0: oh man. so anything else that you think would be valuable for people wanting to know more about? Fins, conditions, stand up, the whole thing. Anything we didn't touch on that.
1: I mean, I guess the the gui- you know, the guiding stuff. Is, that's the foundation of you know what to, you know, what to choose when. You know, look at the proportion of your board um, to the to the size of the fins. If it's a wider tail board, think about a quad. Try it as that. Um, you know, if it. If it feels underpowered and like it doesn't want to turn that easy, try a bigger fin in the front. If it feels like stiff and it, it, the tail doesn't want to release and it, it just feels kind of dead in the water, try a smaller fin or fins in the back. Um, and look at the lines that you're going to need to draw on the waves that you're riding. If it's really tight little peaks, you're going to want a thruster. You know, if it's real steep, you're probably going to want a thruster, um, unless it's really down the line. And then, a, in barrels, a quad might be good too. Um, but if it's soft and down the line with room to run, I, I'll pick a quad every time. And I would advise, you know, at least testing it out. But don't don't fade and try to snap a square bottom turn with a quad. Just just like slingshot it off the bottom get up high and drive your top turn into the next arc and keep those arcs open and connecting and you'll find yourself just coming out of each one faster than than the one before and it's that's really fun
0: yeah yeah awesome well tyler thank you very much for your time thanks for uh for being a part of this project it's it's been very fun i've really enjoyed it i've learned a lot here in this last 10 days the the whole I've, I've talked about it a lot in in the writing but the process of surfing with a purpose and coming back and having to to take that experience and put it into into words uh this I guess I've been doing, I've done, what, 40, 40 of these entries now probably over the last, I don't know, 60 days. And I've learned more about surfing in this last 40 days than probably in the year or two before it. It's pretty amazing just that process of having to pay attention and, and realize what's going on, noticing what's going on. So thanks for being a part of that whole journey.
1: My pleasure, Eric. I mean, that's, that's kept me at FCS for about 20 years now, I think, is just being able to share that. Being on the journey myself, but but being able to share it with people like you that that get it and are hungry to learn more and, and explore what's going to work better and it's pretty rewarding. I'm 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 digging it. So thanks for having me. Peace out and um, keep surfing. Let me know how those Lopez ones work. All
0: right, I'll be uh, yeah. Read next week. Hopefully we'll get some good waves. I know we've got a big swell coming in about eight days, so all the reefs should be firing. I'll I'll make a day. For the low pin's. Nice.
1: Yeah, man. Nice. Look forward to seeing the photos. All right. Thank you very much, Tyler. Thank you.
0: It's the PaddleWoo Podcast.